0: Today's episode contains topics of sexual trauma, religious trauma, and heavily includes the subject of miscarriage. If this episode is too triggering for you, please go ahead and listen to one of our many other episodes and come back to this one if and when it's safe to do so. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Awaken Bake, an educational, high vibrational, mystical, spiritual, pot, I'm sorry, podcast from two girls, one joint, and a journey to awaken what's inside all of us.
0: In the words of the wise Wiz Khalifa, let's roll something and get the day started. <laughs> okay, you guys, this is another spiritual sex ed episode. These are my fucking favorite. I said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it thousand fifty eleven times. These are my favorite because we get really vulnerable with you guys every time and we talk about the real shit
1: and yeah, and this it's the shit that people don't talk about. Th- like- exactly. Sex ed should not be taught when we're uh, in our preteens. We need adult sex ed, and that's what we're here to do. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, you guys, I'm going to start out in kind of like um, a little bit different uh, viewpoint or angle than you might expect. I've been listening to a lot of fundamentalist reviews and commentary, right? So, like, if you ever heard of Fundy Fridays or just, like, people that do commentary in general on fundamentalist cults or groups in general, right? That's what I've been obsessed with. So when Kelsey said that she wanted to do the topic of like exploring and embracing your horny and also honoring when your body says no, I was like, that is perfect because I have been on a kick of this shit. What I've noticed is while a lot of us were probably not raised, um, in a fundamentalist upbringing, but I wouldn't put it past some of y'all because it's more common than you would expect, honestly. Um, a lot of us are still impacted by fen- fundamentalist teachings that our parents, like, they don't even realize, honestly, that they're victims of. And they don't really see how deep it is either. Like, if you were to ask them, I'm sure your parents wouldn't be like, they'd probably be like, what? I don't agree with that crazy shit. But when you're young and you hear things in your household or between your parents and grandparents or between just adults, those things are ingrained in your memory and a lot of this, I realized from watching this crazy fundamentalist shit, sorry if I'm calling it crazy and you're offended, it's crazy. Um, but I do apologize if that's offensive to anyone. Uh, I do stand by it though. Um, what I've realized is it impacts more of us than we realize. I went to a Catholic school for literally a short period of time. from uh, Kindergarten and all the way up until like I stopped in 6th grade. But then in 6th grade, 7th grade... Yeah, 6th and 7th grade, I took religion classes at that same school so that I could play soccer for that team. So I had, like, a decent amount of religious education for Catholicism.
1: Yeah, that's nine years. I, I would say that's pretty... Yeah, okay, yeah. right,
0: <laughs> right. And I was, like... I, wa- I wasn't confirmed, but I, like, made my first reconciliation, which is creepy, and my first communion. Um, so I was, I was in there. I was in there. Um. And what i've noticed is like a common theme whether you're a fundamentalist whether you're you know you just went to a catholic school um we put so much fucking guilt around women and sexuality so i just think it's deeper than we realize it's so much even they bring up points that i'm like yo even though i don't believe that i think subconsciously i needed to hear how insane that is because it kind of does unlock and like make you realize it's okay to be horny i grew up thinking that boys were the horny ones and like girls were like ew get off of me I'm not like I'm not supposed to be horny I'm not supposed to be sexual when there were sexual people or like sexual teenagers who were like exploring their sexuality and um, embracing it they were called like little fast girls sluts whores whatever the fuck you know what I mean like yeah. little thoughts that was like always a bad thing I remember I did the splits in 7th grade and bitches were calling me a slut and I was like I've never even held hands with the motherfucker like what are you talking <laughs> about um was a ballerina like right sorry ballet is not slutty guys it's not no um I and I do think a lot of sex sorry a lot of dance is really (laughs) is really sexual I do think a lot of sex is sexual as well yeah um I think I think a lot of dance is sexual and that's why I love it because I actually am a very sexual being and I used to think I was only allowed to do it if I was dancing Um, because it was like, oh, "Oh, yeah, because it was like, oh, well, this is for some reason, this is allowed. Let's not act like competition dancers and even theater. What is half like half of these musicals, you guys, and even straight plays. But I feel like straight plays have far more depth and variety to them. But, um, musicals, they're so sexual. Like we are doing sexual dances and singing about sexual things, even as children. But it's like, well, it's theater. So it's a nerdy, acceptable thing. And like, it's, it's still not. It's still not. Um, And I'm not condemning theater for, like, well, actually, no. Y'all got to check yourselves. There's a lot of pedophilia that happens in that career. Holy Um, shit. (laughs) Yes. But I really thought that, like, because I was a dancer, that's why I was allowed to, like, be sexual and dance and do stuff like that. Like, that was what—it was only allowed because I was, like, a dancer. And, like, I really heard, like, oh, yeah, but boys—boys are always horny. That's expected. You can't be hard on them. They're just biologically built that way. This is some fundamentalist bullshit. They think that— men are like somehow hornier than women. Are they visual creatures? I don't give a fuck, I don't know. They gotta learn how to tame themselves. Sure, they're visual, but they can figure it out. Like, they're not animals, you're a human. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Um and so like oh and that sorry we're going on a small fucking tangent if if men are supposed to be these visual horny creatures and then women are supposed to be like these emotional needing creatures why is it that we're like well we just got to accept men are kind of horny why can't be but we don't expect them to get better at communication to get better at like being emotional we're like oh yeah they're just built different like we have to get used to it no 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 if we're supposed to be expected to like just go along well that's just how the masculine is or that's just how like the stereotypical cis male thing is why are we like altering and like trying to mold to fit that stereotype and like work with that when like they're not trying to work with us bullshit I'm calling bullshit yes. all of this to say sexual energy is roughly equally present within all genders all beings beings. yes exactly all beings all energies um so do not give in to the guilt you have to own it and embrace it and i'm so oh i have so many opinions on this you guys and we'll get into it but the shame around it is really what like rules most of us subconsciously and we don't even realize also i think in the spiritual community we do kind of get on our high horse about sex where we're like no you don't have to be married but like you know it has to be intentional spiritual sex or it has to be with a person who you've known because you don't want to like Mix energies with someone on like a one-night stand. There's nothing wrong with like living your most liberated fun sex life This is what it comes down to you can't feel guilty about it It needs to be sens- er, sensual <laughs> Con- sensual sensual consensual Everybody needs to be consenting to this. Yes. Um Yeah, and more than anything like you need to be present That's how you be intentional. It it doesn't have to be some tantric sex to become spiritual. It's spiritual because you as a being are just innately spiritual. If you're being present, you're allowed to get freaky. You're allowed to do your thing. And like I'm someone who has some like sexual trauma so I'm not really into BDSM anymore. That stuff like it it does more harm to my PTSD than good. But I recently learned about it um, in the BDSM community. This is like a big thing, but I think in general, it's like pretty good to do. It's called aftercare. And it's like what they do in the BDSM community is after they have sex, they like cuddle and like love on each other and just spend time like holding each other to like kind of fix that energetically and like make sure it's still a loving situation. I love that. I need to do more research on it. But Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really like cool concept. And I love like that again it doesn't all have to be this mystical spiritual sex like and also if you're masturbating you don't always have to manifest and masturbate you don't always have to masturbate and do it spiritually right we don't ever want to shame somebody for like girl get freaky do whatever the fuck you want like it's just all about being shameless and guilt-free but also like consensual yeah you know what i mean when you're watching porn, that's included. It has to be consensual porn. So, like, really be aware when you're watching porn. Like, um, I really don't recommend Pornhub. There are a bunch of websites that are verified, like, credited as full consent. Yeah. Um, a lot of, like, women-owned, women-made websites. And, yeah, DM me because I actually have, like, a big list of some. I don't even watch porn, but I watch so many OnlyFans creators that talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The most important thing is just, like, really remove the guilt from your life. Like, remove the guilt from around it. Because at the end of the day, you're a spiritual being, so everything you do is spiritual as long as you're being present and intentional with it.
1: Exactly.
0: So and that's like, where I was coming and from. And sex
1: is a very... It's like the, I don't know, the most personal thing there is. Exactly. Like, it's everyone's got different levels of horniness, not horniness. Everyone's got different... Everything with it. Like, exactly. there's not one person who's had the exact and same... And it's gonna... St- it can change. Exactly, yes. And not one person has had the same sexual journey as you for... For most of my life, I was a very horny person, um, like Guys, you might have called me a salute. Hey, I Not own it. Not a <laughs> I own it. I had lots of fun. I have some uh, Great memories. I have some blacked-out nights that I think I had sex. I have I've got a lot in my in my history and a lot of it was because I was very Horny. Um, now, was that horniness because I needed validation through physical love, or was it because I actually was very horny? That could be argued. <laughs> but I was someone who was like actively seeking sex. Sex was a healing thing for me. I felt very in control of sex. I enjoyed the power it brought me in a good way. I think that's important. Yeah, you felt very in control. Yes. I love that. Yes, like it was something that I loved doing. I. It was not. Oh, it's so good to hear you say that. Like a strong
0: woman, and like <laughs> saying like she loved sex, she yeah. enjoyed it, it. It was empowering. Oh yes, but yes, everyone at home, yes. No.
1: It, <laughs> um, so now I'm entering this phase of my life where trauma is kind of blocking me sexually, um, and I'm realizing that it's because I need to heal and rest. You know, you th- we think about sex, um, and it's this fun thing, and it is. It's great. It, it should be. Um, but on that spiritual level it's also you know especially from the point of view of a woman uh, who's typically receiving um that's a lot like not to get graphic but like having someone enter you repeat you know like that's Mm -hmm. in and of itself is a long is a it's a it's a whole thing (laughs) yeah um and right i'm 27 i lost my virginity at 15. so i've been having sex for 12 years lots of sex i'm like at a point that i think a lot of different traumas are adding up and like right like I'm realizing that sexually I need to take a little bit of a break um now my miscarriage carries a lot of weight in that and I that's something that I wasn't expecting haven't really talked about it guys so bear with me this is like my first time really this is a safe place for Kelsey (laughs) and for everybody you guys um so yeah having a miscarriage really fucked up my horniness um PTSD does that to you and I guess that's what my Therapist and I are calling it which is such a weird thing for me to even admit because I've never like thought of that um but it is and like it it's crazy I used to be this crazy horny person and now a lot of sexual acts trigger me um they feel like very clinical um again I'm just trying to be real I'm not trying to get like crazy but like oral sex especially in fingering like they just really like are two things that bring me back to like that experience Um, and so they're very very hard for me to deal with for months i've been this has been affecting me and i've been kind of forcing it now i'm not going to say i've been having bad sex um and i guess only if like you if this resonates with you then you'll know what i'm saying but it's been sex that i have had to deal with thoughts and feelings that I don't want to associate during sex. During sex, mm-hmm. um, so while like it was great physically on the mental and emotional level, it wasn't quite as good because it was really mentally draining. Um, and that's the thing about sex is that it's not just a physical thing. It is everything. Like Danny said, you are a divinely spiritual being. So. No matter what the circumstance is, every time that you're having sex, you're exchanging energy. You're feeling that movement. It's happening, like it's so. It's a lot, and it's every single part of your being. It's one of the most intense things that you can do, especially with another person, but even alone. Like, it's it's crazy. And I was very afraid to talk to Cole, my partner, about it. Um, I didn't want to disappoint him. Um, you know, Danny talked a lot about the guilt um, I felt like very guilty there's that stigma of like after marriage uh, sex stops and stuff like that like that whole like idea of the wife like cutting off mar- sex after you get married I was like I don't want to be one of that I don't want to be a bad wife I feel less than a wo- like less than as a woman and I also thought that maybe this was normal like thinking these things having these feelings while I'm having sex maybe this is normal like I should just push through I like okay this is just how it is now Um, it's not, if you're ever not thinking good things while you're having sex, that's not normal. Like, listen to those thoughts. Um, so I started talking to my therapist. Um, I got a therapist and then we started talking and that was when I learned a lot and worked on a lot. And some things I want to share is that you have to talk to your partner. Um, you have to, especially any, any relationship, any partner, but like, especially in a marriage when you're like. Committed to conjoining your lives then you have to accept that they are a part of every part of your life And like the only way you can move on Especially if they're the person that you're having sex with is if you're communicating that once I did talk to Cole. I felt So much better even though there were no answers There was no you know anything other than that other than me just sharing okay? I'm struggling with this sexually when we do this it's making me feel like this and he received it So well, I am so grateful I also was able to, with my therapist, label that the feelings that I was having were triggers. Those were actual triggers. And I don't know why, but putting that word on those feelings really helped. Like, just knowing that that was, that's what was happening. That's what those feelings are. I hadn't recognized that. Um, I had to reconnect with myself sexually. I took time to meditate on, like what I enjoy sexually, I explore different fantasies, you know, I'm literally just sitting there thinking about, like, okay, does this turn me on, does this make me wet? Okay, how's that? Like, what's this, like, what's this feel like? Like, from the ground up, taught myself about just myself mm-hmm. and sex, how I feel, how I like it. And then I had to reconnect with my partner sexually because we had been apart when I had the miscarriage, and then when he got here, you know, we were jumping right back in, and I never really, Uh, we never really learned how to love our bodies that are different now after this. You know, when you have something like any sort of sexual trauma, I'm going to say, you're then different. Your your view on sex is different. You're a different person. You're a different sexual being now. So you have to learn how do I deal with that. And I want to point out that my husband was a part of that. I had the miscarriage, but he also changed. You know, we both felt that. So even for him, once we started talking sexually, it was there were things that were strange for it not strange, but different. Like things felt a little bit heavier with the emotional side, with the mental side. Um, There was a lot to it, so we've really started exploring tantric sex and connecting ourselves in deeply intimate ways, you know, being naked together and just laughing, touching each other, not in our genitals and stuff, but just feeling each other's skin, giving back rubs. Um, And we found that it's really brought us to a whole different level, like a whole different place of connection. and then I've also learned that you can say no. It doesn't matter if you're married for a hundred years, it doesn't matter what, any time you can and you feel that you need to, you can say no. You, it, it, you can say no in the middle of it. I've had him stop while we've been mid-sex. I've had him stop right after I got him all hard. Like, I've, I've gotten him right there and then been like, actually, never mind. I've blue-balled my husband, like, um... Shamelessly. Shamelessly. And it's because you have to, Danny said it before, be intuitive. You have to listen to your body. Something I do now is every time I want to have sex, I ask myself, am I wanting to have sex or am I saying I should have sex because I want to get pregnant and I'm ovulating or because Cole's home and he's had a long day or because I, for whatever, if there's any other reason besides that my body, my being, my mind, spirit, and soul, everything wants to have sex, then I don't because I don't want to push it. I know that I'm in a place right now where I need to heal and rest sexually, so the only sex I'm going to have is the sex that I truly, truly want. Um, with zero taxing on it, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing extra. Um, And so, like, yeah, I just, I guess that's all to say, like, you guys, you're okay. You can rest. You can, sex is so personal, Mm -hmm. so your own so different so changing you know you think you're one thing you think you like one thing and danny said she used to be very into bdsm now she doesn't you know like all different things there's all different things that come and go and change and it's when you're trying to fight to be that person that you were that you have the resistance and that you don't get to grow into the new person that you get to be wow
0: oh um can i just say thank you for sharing that (laughs) with us that was that was like really that was a lot and I'm I know it was heavy and like a lot but I hope that also you feel better like getting I do. to like kinda get I it off. really
1: do guys. That was yeah. I didn't realize how long I was just like going and now I'm, I'm like, ooh, okay, wow.
0: Yeah, I don't think people realize, too, like, what was... I didn't even realize what was going on like that, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, like, we don't know what's happening in all of your sex lives. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Kelsey, um, I know, like, you guys heard, she recently resigned. She she hung up her apron um, from the flower shop so that she could be a full-time podcaster, content creator. And part of that is, like, you know, being vulnerable and sharing your story. Um, so I just want to say thank you like for hey. trusting us with that. Thank you guys
1: for listening and being here and giving me this place. this. Pace, pace.
0: Um, <sighs> I also like how you said, like you can say no. And it's like you knew that. but there is a stigma when it comes to like being in a committed relationship. Yes. Whether or not you're married, like when you're in a relationship, someone, a relationship with someone, you often, uh, especially if you're one of the girls like me, like or anyone like me who used to feel like, oh, like, well, my partner wants to have sex, like, all the time, and they really want to do this, and, like, it's super important to them, and, like, maybe you don't like what's going on, maybe you don't, maybe it's just too many times a day, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, like, maybe it's, maybe you don't like having it in your butt all the time. like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but Only like half the time. But, like, guys, it's, it's really important that we maintain this guilt-free mindset when we talk about whether or not we're going to have sex even with our partner because when we try to dismantle rape culture It goes deeper than just like being on the street. You know right. what I mean? And like a stranger attacks taxi. We know Statistically most sexual assault or rape happens from someone that the victim knows Also kind of going back to like that fundamentalist shit I really think that this is like the problem with a lot of religion is we learn at a young age that sex is this big thing and if you do it before you're in a relationship, it's evil. If you have all of this sexual energy, it's evil, and then it's all of a sudden it's okay once you're married or once you're in a committed relationship (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's expected almost and it's like, well, that's like what you should be doing. And what we often don't think about, if someone comes from a religious background, say that you grew up in a Catholic school and now you are So for myself, but also I have friends who went to a Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through high school graduation, right? They have a lot of fucking Catholic guilt, especially when it comes to sex. And I am not exaggerating when I say it goes deeper than like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous. Like people don't even understand their own bodies yet. They don't understand. They don't understand what they like to do. They don't understand what is okay. Because when you make sex, this big thing, that's like something that's, Dirty or sacred, or just like in like just when you make it something that has so many rules to it, right. something that is so like bigger than honestly what it is. It's it's a deeply personal thing, like Kelsey said, but it doesn't have to be this big life or death, right. end all be all hat like changes you so much. Like if you're not a virgin anymore, the whole concept of being a virgin is so not real. Like. I just think we don't even realize like the, the problem with this fundamentalist thinking that's ingrained in a lot of our religions like yes even just going to catholic school i had so much like when i was sexually assaulted i was like good thing i don't believe in god or else i'd be going to hell <laughs> um this is before i this was like when i was like atheist too and like when we remove the stigma and the guilt around saying no to our partners especially that helps us with consent like that helps us move the consent movement and end rape culture like we have to make talking about sex and communicating about it super common and super comfortable because then that means saying no is also going to be more comfortable if we make it so taboo like that we never even talked about it when we were growing up because we thought it was this like you're not even supposed to masturbate you're not supposed to touch yourself unless you're married like i'm I'm speaking just from my experience i cannot speak on other people's experience so if you're like bitch i never had that belief cool i am not talking to you i guess right Or here, another biddy's perspective, please. (laughs) Um, But I really, like, it plays so much guilt. And I have friends now who are sexually active who, like, they have so much guilt. And then if something goes wrong, they're like, am I being punished? Like, it's so, it goes so much deeper than you realize. And it even goes into not feeling like you can say no. Because you don't even fucking understand sex. You don't even understand, you don't understand anything. It does us a huge disservice when we shame or guilt people from sex and when we act like it's this big thing that's like sacred and can't be had unless you like do a certain thing or do it a certain way or have achieved a certain whatever like it's just up to you we're all created equally as horny and that but that being said we're all different and some people are not even horny until I don't know what it's called I don't know, don't don't come at me for this but like what's it called when you're not horny unless you like love their personality
1: I think that's demisexual. But, like, people are asexual, too. I have friends who are not horny. Or they don't, like, yeah, they don't... Exactly. Like, just it's your, just... It's your energy. It's not... And it's
0: so ingrained in our subconscious in these twisted, fucked up ways that we don't even realize we have to unlearn, is basically what I'm trying to yeah. say. And when we unlearn all of this and when we make it, like, something that's easy to talk about, especially with our partner, you'd be so surprised how just having these conversations with your partner can do so much for, like, opening up the conversation around consent, ending rape culture, because then... I'm sorry but like a lot of I'm talking to all of my whoo okay pet peeve pet peeve white liberal girls who then are like with Republican racist men fuck I can't stand it can't stand it um this is who I'm kind of talking to as well when we make this conversation normalized and not only normalized but like encouraged and like both parties communicating about it whoever your partner is um it does so much for just moving forward with our society with our culture with safety with like feeling comfortable we don't want to raise a generation of people that have to go through the shit we're going through you know what I mean or the shit our parents went through
1: I think it's yeah and they don't have to go through it the way we went through that's what I'm yeah Yeah, you know like want to set them up better and like right like I said when I like I thought that having those triggers which I can now call those was normal like I thought that was just normal until we have these conversations like, we don't realize that there's things that aren't normal. They're, like, something that's real is marital rape. Like, your spouse can pressure, like, that is a real yes, thing. that is and a some, real thing. And some partners, some spouses don't realize that what they're ha- what's happening to them, the way that their partner is pressuring them to have sex, is actually rape, you know? Any way can be taken too far. And it doesn't matter if you have, like, a marriage, a commitment—you still are the one who's in control mm-hmm. of your sexuality, your sexual energy, who you share it with, when you share it with them, yes. and like, you have to embrace that. And if you're if you're not, if you feel like you're not, then that's not a relationship for you. And if you can't get out, then like, yes, you need to. If you're listening to this and you're in, it then reach out and we will help. Like, there's that should never yes. ever be the case.
0: And to all my slutty sallies, I feel you, bitches. Um. I just wanted to like shout you out too and say, (laughs) (laughs) embrace your what? Embrace it and you can still say no as well. Doesn't matter if you love sex, you're allowed to say no as
1: well. That was something that was hard for me to learn. Like I said, I like sex partially because of validation. Like, and then I realized, okay, it's not worth it to say yes to everybody. Oh, well,
0: then sometimes (laughs) it's like, oh no, people, maybe like if you have a partner or just like, uh, I don't know, um even friends that like kind of know you like people maybe people start to expect it from you right you don't owe anybody anything it doesn't matter you can fuck the same person every day and it can be your idea and they can
1: consent to it and then if you don't want to one day you don't fucking have to nope you owe nobody anything when it comes to sexuality except for yourself you should give yourself lots of orgasms
0: oh i totally agree totally agree (laughs) So yeah I hope that you guys enjoyed this this is just kind of like a
1: conscious conversation yeah. we, we needed to talk honestly yeah about just like being intentional it's all if you' if your intention is to have casual sex that's fine. If your intention is to have super intimate sex that's fine if your intention is to have super dirty aggressive sex that's fine but I do we'll, recommend aftercare it, yes we recommend some intentional aftercare after but as long as it's serving you as well as your partner and you're both openly communicating that fact fuck. Fuck and stay high. Bye, bitches.